This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, it's the 4th of August 2022, I'm Tom Main and this is the Seasiders podcast previewing Stoke away, Blackpool's second game of the seasons after picking up three points at Bloomfield Road on Saturday. Welcome Tim and Sean, how you doing Sean? Yeah, not too bad mate. And Tim, fresh in from work, brawn stove right up, I'm ready for the break. <laughs> Yeah, anybody who says that us lawyers spend all afternoons on the golf course uh, doesn't work with me. Or did, did you quickly get changed into your suit ready to say you <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been out on my bike for two hours and, uh, and and been in the pub, so uh, no, no, in reality, no. In, in from work at R7, so there we go. Uh, good evening, all. Uh, get yourself involved in the chat. I'd um, like to hear from your opinions, what we've got to talk about tonight. Um, and we do start with the news um, that we signed. A potentially incredible sign-in um, who already has the attention from everybody, from Arsenal fans to sort of admirers of the player, including obviously a lot of Blackpool fans. Um, Tim, your initial thoughts on the new boy, Charlie Patino? It's a real coup, isn't it? Um, I, I've got to say, it must have been about two weeks ago, uh, just before we started with the, Brit, the, the, the Brannigan saga. Um, I, I was quite, um, I don't know often I ever say this, but I was quite jealous of the knobbers because they got Parrot in. And I thought, why aren't we looking at, at, at somebody of, of that calibre or better who, we, who can really sort of spark our season a little bit like, um, uh, 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 to behold, did a, a couple of years ago. And, and, and as if by magic... Um, the uh, the player appears. Hopefully, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever known a player come to Blackpool with as many plaudits uh, in advance from people in the game who were saying he's the real thing. So, um, I think it. You know, you know, we've got a fantastic player in Bowler who's who's unbelievable to watch every week. You know, and we may well have another player in there who's 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 going to hopefully light up our uh, our match day experience. So. Um, to say I'm looking forward to seeing him play is that, you know, a serious understatement. And I think, you know, there's a real buzz about it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you, anyone who says they've heard sort of loads of him is probably, I don't know, I don't think there'd be many people that know loads and loads about him. And it's easy to say you're really excited by a YouTube clip because I think we were about Bruner and several other players. But um, when you've got the likes of Rio Ferdinand saying the kid's a joke and some of the youth um, coaches at Arsenal saying they're the big, best kids he's ever seen and Arsenal signed him at 11 years old, Sean, it, is the fact that he's 18 a real problem? Obviously, I, I, we both spoke about physicality in the past um, when it comes to playing in that central role. But what's, what's your overriding thoughts about him? Yeah, no, I, th- I think if you've got the quality, then you're old enough by definition. I think that the fact that they took so long to decide whether they were even going to keep him around this season says a lot about his potential. And I think they know that in our system, in this 4-3-3, this aggressive attacking style, they're going to have the perfect platform for him to build from. And inte- intelligence is the, the word that keeps coming up in this orchestrator almost of, of the ball and, and of the tempo of the game is exactly what Appleton's been wanting in a in a central midfielder, particularly in a deeper role. And Patino has that, but he's 
he's someone who looks like he can ride. To, I mean, I've watched a few hours of him on Wisecout and decided he's the, the best footballer of all time, but that, that tends to happen quite often with me. But he, he can ride a tackle with ease. His intelligence to, to break the lines with passes in two or three movements, just t- turning a, a general build-up play into a, a chance at goal in two or three movements is exactly what we want. And although I probably think we need another midfielder, in the, particularly in the eight higher higher up, I think a lot of people kind of think that Patino is going to play in an eight, but I actually think he probably is going to fit in that six role based on what we saw of Fiorini against uh, against Reading. So very excited, very excited because it, it's just that that's exactly what you want, don't you, from a loanee? This is exactly what we want to use the loan market for, and it's it's the perfect use of it. Yeah, yes, yeah, like you say, he's intelligent beyond his years, and I'm. When someone says their favourite player, or they're inspired by someone like Iniesta, rather than you sort of more natural sort of players that that are a go-to. So if he's studied his game, then we're certainly in for a treat. Um, season-long loan with no with no callbacks. I don't think he's going to be ever near Arsenal's first team this season anyway. So let's hopefully we can help each other out in that aspect. And never know, we might put in a ten million pound bid at the end of the season, maybe. Um, but. We, we move on to Stoke. Um, Sean, do you see him coming straight into the matchday squad in terms of sort of the, the squad or do you see him going straight into the starting lineup? Um I mean, you've got to probably think that he'll just go into the squad, but Appleton's one to, to throw someone in really, I think. So it really wouldn't surprise me the other way as well that he just goes straight into the lineup. I mean, obviously I'd like to see him straight in the lineup, but given we've got Barrow in the cup in midweek, it's probably an ideal opportunity for him to, to bed in into that game rather than sort of... <laughs> Risking him against the likes of Stoke, I guess. But well, Stoke or Barrow don't sound to advertise into where he's been playing recently. No, no, no. It's like welcome. At least we're not away at Barrow. He'd probably run away, wouldn't he? Um, <laughs> but if you look at if you look at what our midfield is at the moment, it's we we do need that six because Appleton's desperate to push Fiorini higher forward into the eight. So he seemed pretty impressed with with Dougal when he came on so perhaps Dougal will fill that role should Connolly still have to play at right back obviously we'll get an update tomorrow on Jordan Gabriel but signs seem to be positive generally so we'll see on that one but um i think yeah. probably Dougal will probably play in that sixth role yeah well he was dancing in the sea so he should be should be all right to uh, <laughs> to start come saturday um we'll we'll come on to Stoke um just want to say a quick Good evening, Jordan. Good evening, Gemma. Good evening, Tom. Um, evening, Craig. Uh, I'm happy to have you all in the chat. Um, keep getting your comments in. Um, what's your thoughts on uh, Patino? I'm excited to see him and we'll, we'll get your comments up during the chat. But um, Tim Stoke, um, as we all know, um, been in the Premier League um, and are a relatively big club within the Championship. Um, had some financial issues, but they finished 14th last season, which their fans overall probably be dis- disappointed about. Um What's your thoughts going into sort of the game early doors? Um, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on the match early doors? Oh, just going back to the point about whether you whether you would start um, uh, uh, Pini now. I, 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 as a, as a, as those of a certain vintage, to coin a phrase, will remember uh, Trevor Sinclair at age sixteen, or maybe he just turned seventeen. Um, uh, it's a long time ago, and I can't quite recall, but he was very, very young. Absolutely ran Stoke ragged. So I, I would. I think I think I endorse Sean's comment that you know if a player is good enough, then you know maybe it's worth throwing in, um, and uh, and because perhaps Stoke won't be expecting that for one. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it. I'm going I'm going on Saturday. I'm going on the uh, the old um, Poulton Seaside as coach. So this is always a rather lively affair, as uh, bearing in mind who runs it. Um, <laughs> but what I, what, um, what what I would say is I actually I know it's, I know it's a bit of a the ground, I prefer the old Victoria ground before they built that. But I do actually like an away day at Stoke. I always think it's a, you know, we always travel in reasonably decent numbers. And I think we always tend to give a reasonably good account of ourselves. I don't know, you know, I sort of quite quite like the size of the pitch. I think it suits away teams. Um, and I just hope we're going to go there and, and and give it a right good go. And, and, and I think... For all the for all the the gnashing of teeth there was when Appleton came in, I think what we are going to see this season is is, is perhaps more intent both at home and away in the way that we play. One of the one of the big criticisms, to be fair, this isn't with the benefit of hindsight that we all had on the pod was that Critchley sometimes set up his teams thinking more about stopping the opposition rather than about how we could actually go at them. He, in some respects, it was quite a negative approach. Um, and I think I get the impression that, Apple, particularly bear in mind what Sean says, and obviously uh, Sean's knowledge as to 
the way Appleton approaches games is far superior to mine. But even from the, the you know the snippets we've seen already, he, he he isn't going to be playing a very defensive formation to try and uh, counter. You know, listen, we went to QPR way when they hadn't won for God knows how long and set up to stop them playing against us, which if we just, I, I always felt in that game, if we'd gone at them, we'd have won the game. And would and sometimes you've got to have a belief in your own abilities. And I think Appleton's got a belief in the abilities of the players that he's got on the formation that he's going to play. And I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, not that I was cold on him before, but I'm warming to him and his approach to the way that we play uh, by, with every game that we play. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, Sean, you can probably sort of add to this, but he, he believes in this philosophy to sort of, is actually quite um, ahead of his years when I was watching a lot of coaching videos on him from when he was at Lincoln and, and previous to that. And he's actually very forward thinking and using the whole of sort of the, the six midfielders to, or sorry, the three attackers and the three midfielders to to draw everybody out to one side of the pitch to create a lot of space in behind. Um, do you see him doing that with the current sort of crop of players that he's got, Sean, or do you see sort of a few coming in? Well, I think we've seen that he's quite cutthroat on who he wants to play and who he doesn't and who he, he thinks is good enough and who isn't. And I suspect we'll probably see, obviously we'll touch on Owen Dale probably later on, but I suspect we'll see more than just Owen Dale heading out the door in the next couple of weeks because he needs quality to be able to to properly play this system in the way he wants it to at this level because when we are a supposed underdog, I guess, then you need to have quality to be able to consistently rely on taking these high-risk approaches in games and as Tim was mentioning about the fact of we're setting up to defend, I think Appleton's version of setting up to defend is having two holding and one number 10, which is still probably the more attacking than Neil Critchley had the entire time he was here. So it kind of says a lot about what he sees of the game. And it's very much about sort of controlling possession through the thirds, but very quick. It's not, it's not, well, I think there's an impression of managers that play attacking four, three, threes that they'll take their time to build up from the back, but it's very much about three, four movements are in from initial build up from Dan Grimshaw straight through into the final third. And you can kind of see elements of that against Reading and that'll only grow as time goes on, which is the important thing I think as well is that we're in the very, very early stages here. And I think you've kind of got to give him all of the slack for six months with this system and the, and the group of players that he's got, regardless of what happens, for them to truly be able to properly take it on. And I think that's where the test will come, perhaps when we have, when we do eventually have a couple of dodgy results, being able to still stick by those principles. And I think in pre-season you saw positive signs of that when perhaps against Rangers and against Everton where there were moments where we were really being taken apart at times. We still stuck to trying to play out the way that he wants to do. And that's important, I think. Seeing those signs in the next few games, regardless of the amount of points we end up with, is probably just as important. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's important to have habitual behaviours within the team, obviously, with, with the um, ability to change things up, which he spoke about in the Gazette earlier, um, being more proactive with substitutions, because there's one, again, criticism um, that we had, uh, maybe in hindsight, that Critchley always took until about the 75th to 80th minute to make a change. He was saying today that, if I see the game changing, I'm not afraid to sort of change it up, which is going to be refreshing for the Blackpool fans. Um, you know, especially when games are too far gone to sort of make a difference to when Critchley sort of was in charge. So it'd be, it's exciting in that aspect. But they lost, um, going back to Stoke, they lost 2-0 um, on Saturday, ironically. Um, Richard Cresswell's son scoring two headers um, from set pieces. Um, it seemed like a pretty lacklustre games in terms of chances, but Stoke had plenty of possession but couldn't break. Mill down, who are a very intelligent side, well drilled. Um, they get, they play a three-five-two. Sean, do you see that being a problem for the midfield? Because we got caught very shy um, on Saturday a few times, and sort of the quality of Stokes players probably matches, if not better,s what Redden have with more in midfield than than Redden was playing. Yeah, I think they've completely revamped that that central midfield compared to the the side we played last year. Although there are the main bits that we exploited last time are still very apparent now, which is obviously a positive for us. But I think you're probably right. I think there will be occasions in the game where we do turn over possession and we do make a mistake because we're still in the early stages of trying to work this. And obviously a big factor in that is is if Patino plays or not because his ball retention ability is a joke um, from watching him. So having him being able to be so composed in the deeper line areas is probably going to be very important, which makes me think as the more I keep speaking, the more I think he's just going to throw him in. but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we are on the back foot for stages and it's very much about just being able to handle that. I suspect they'll be good from set pieces. They've got Aidan Flint come in, obviously, who 
scored for fun at the start of last season. Um, but generally, I think that we'll be able... It'll be interesting to see how aggressive we are with the press from the front, I think, because their centre-halves can't handle being put under pressure at all. We could have been 4-0 up in about 20 minutes last season and the same centre-half pairing in that back three is probably about the same. I think there's one change, perhaps, of Connor Taylor, but even with yeah, Aidan Flint Connor that comes Taylor in, and... Aidan Flint isn't someone that you're going to say is composed under pressure on the ball. It's not his strength. So I think that'll be an interesting point to see how aggressive we are on that front. But as much as they can sort of go at our frailties, I think we can go at them on the same force as well. So it'll be an interesting little battle. And Tim, do you think do you think the midfield will be a problem? I think if if they play their five and we get in behind where where we've just said their defence, I think there's two, I think it's 21. Um, uh, Wilmot's about 20, 21 and Taylor's the same age and Aidan Flint isn't very sort of fast. He's going to be a command and central defender. But if we get behind with, with Bowler and, you know, Thompson up the wings as well, do, do, do you think we'll reap the rewards of sort of the attack and play? Um, I, you know, I don't think we're quite underdogs as much as everybody thinks. I think we've got every right to go there and, like you say, Tim, play football. Mm-hmm. I think, that, I mean, it did concern me a bit on Saturday uh, in the second half when um, sort of Reading packed the midfield and I think we did struggle to cope with that. And I'm sure that Appleton will be trying to work on a, on a way around it um, to make sure that, you know, that we, we can compete and that we... Um, and that we do give it our best shot. I think I think the slight problem on Saturday against Reading was that it was still slight too many square pegs in round holes. And and hopefully with Gabriel back and uh, and with the um with our with our midfield um uh, uh, uh maestro of Dougal hopefully back in favour and back in the team. <laughs> um we uh, and and hopefully I think you know I think we need to get Yates out of that left wing role. Uh, a left left side of mid, left side of attack role, and, and and if we are going to play playing down the centre, um, sorry Mitch, but I think uh, Gary Medine is history in this system. I really do. Um, it's it's not working out. I think if 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 we're going to play him, if we're going to start him, it can't be in in a four three three. And I don't see Appleton changing out of a four three three. I just think he looks little boy lost in it. Um, and that's no disrespect to him. But I just don't think it's. It, it suits the big centre forward. Are you going to play the ball up to and play off? I think it, I think it, you know, it's a more sophisticated and a, and, and a more possession based system. And um, I think he's. I, I don't think he's going to be starting uh, in beyond the short term. I might be wrong, but that's my assessment of it. I don't think he's anything I've seen so far suggests that the system works best with a Medine style player. Um, Leading the line, I don't know what the, 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 the you two think, but every time every time he comes off and we we've got we've got players on with with slightly more skill and slightly more movement, we 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 look better for it. Yeah, yeah. I think we look more more fluid going forward when Medina is in the side. I do think he actually played okay against Reading. Um, what it is is particularly his technical ability that I think is generally underrated he's he did well to i think we had players around him more than we did perhaps in other preseason games where i thought he looked absolutely lost particularly like leeds and, and everton he looked miles off it for me but uh yeah i think longer term ideally we've got a different type of striker there my personal opinion i don't particularly think any of the forward options are, are good enough if we wanted to aspire to kick on again this season but if you're going to pick anyone it's got to be jerry yates hasn't it yeah i was i was going to say um I completely agree with you, Tim. He just, if anything, he disrupts the four-three-three in the way we want to play with with the two wingers and then someone more pivotal in that central role. Um, and, and I don't think he did horrendously bad against Reading, but we were lucky we were playing, say, a poorer side in this league because I think they were, uh, any other team would have ate him for breakfast and caught us more cold on the on the counter. But I was about to say, Sean, just to add to that, do you think you've already kind of answered the question? But do you think it's a case of Appleton? really doesn't like any of the options. So he's going with a more reliable striker who, who can sort of, you know, flick the ball on or, you know, use those wide players a bit better. Or do you think eventually he, he'll he just, he's just seeing how he gets on and Yates will, will come in until we find someone that he wants? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? The fact that Yates is not starting now in that in that number nine role after preseason probably says a lot really about what he views of him um, in that role, perhaps not as highly rated as, as some fans feel like he should be. Um Medine again, again, he I, I might come in very handy to be honest. In it, Stoke, obviously a physical bat line at times, and when you are just needing that out ball, um, 
But I don't particularly think it's it's never been as much a Medine issue as it's been the way we play when Medine plays. It's just like we we kind of get a bit like we used to get a bit lazy with it. I used to say it all the time under Critchley, we got quite lazy and one dimensional when Medine played just because we knew he was there. But um, I think, as you say, longer term, you've got to be looking at a different. I mean, we are looking at a different striker clearly um, with the the Bishop and Sims moves. So we are probably looking for a more progressive fluid striker that would really fit the mold but again with this Appleton system it's about getting goals from other areas of the pitch as well you get he's able to free up Lewis Fiorini that will help in that regard and you've got the two wide options that are coming in narrow in the final third rather than going out wide and putting balls into the box that's for the central midfielders to overlap so perhaps it will be a case again of we've got multiple players that can score eight and nine goals a season and overall that totals up to a good tally yeah, um, moves us nicely on to sort of our next section. Um, Tim, we'll start with you. Um, we're, we're likely to see, um, as Sean's already alluded to and the papers already alluded to today, players like Dale and Lavery to go out, possibly the likes of Stuart and a few others. Although, you know, Stuart is probably one of the best players at the club. He's, he's not going to play anywhere near sort of five to ten games. So I think unless anyone agrees, it's probably better that he goes. We're probably going to see five or six leave. Where would you like to see if we had two or three players come in? Um, where would you like to see us buy or or one more loan? Is it? And where would you like to see a strengthen? Um, my immediate my immediate reaction is centre forward is is you know the, the the man down the middle is 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 probably the most crucial as we've seen with with most teams the 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 teams who book the trend as regards where they are as a as a club as a whole and where they end up are those who've got who find that. Unicorn, I think Michael Bolingbroke used that expression, uh, which is somebody who scores um, a, a fair few goals for you. Uh, you know, somebody who gets that heads towards, if not beyond the twenty goals a year spot. And you know, Blackburn had it, and various other teams had it. Um, so if you could get somebody like that, great. Um, I do think as well, which Sean says, I think you know, if if Stuart was fit, he he he's got the ability to. Um, solidify that back line um, and protect the defence. But we've, as we've seen over two or three years now, we're lucky to get 10 games a season out of him. I, I don't know what the stats are, but I bet he hasn't played much more than 10 in, in, the, in the seasons that he's been with us. And and that's just not good enough, particularly for one of the, if not the highest paid player in the club. So um, I don't know whether, I don't know whether we'll be able to move him on. Um, if we've got um, another year on the contract, who's going to take somebody with, with his injury record? So maybe we've got to, um, I'm getting loads of feedback. I don't know where the noise is coming from, but. Um, Must be me. Hold on. Yeah. Just, uh, just. Bear, um, so what I was, what I would say is that we're probably to coin the phrase stuck with him. Um, and I think we'll we'll be able to use him when he's fit, and hopefully he's fit more than not. And we might get a good season out of him, but it's incredibly frustrating because he, <clears throat> we would struggle to find anybody as good as he is when he's when he's fit to play. And uh, it, listen, let's hope this latest injury is the last, and uh, and that he actually earns his coin because obviously we will be playing him good good money, and and it must be very frustrating for the club that we've got a player of that ability who's who's constantly on on the treatment table. So let's hope that. He recovers. He gets back on the pitch, and he actually um, does his job for us for for, for the for this season. Because if he if he is fit, it's almost he, we you know we say this. It's a bit of a cliche. But it's like having an, a new player. <laughs> How many times have we said that? I know about Kevin Stewart, oh. but it's uh, to be honest, I have a bit less sympathy for the club because I'm guess uh, for me, I, I don't know what his contract situation was, but you would have thought they'd have put some sort of clause in for injuries, given his record, that they'd be able to just sort of cut ties with him if he couldn't make X amount of appearances a season. So. It'll be interesting to see if anything was in 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 that regard because it seems like a no-brainer to me given the injury record prior. It wasn't a surprise to us that he was going to be consistently injured. So um, that is what it is. And I guess that's why they're kind of being more stricter on the, the medicals now going forward. Um, but yeah, look, I'd love to see Kevin Stewart play 46 games a season for us because I think he's a great player to watch. He's probably one of the most aesthetically pleasing midfielders we've had in, in a while but he's, he's not, it's not there so it's, it's kind of like you might as well not bother counting him because he's just not going to be there Yeah I agree um, Mix just said I don't see any of our four strikers getting into double figures this season Yeah it's difficult I think if you play you know if Yates went 
played a full season last year, he would have got double figures. I think Medin got nine goals, didn't he? And Lavery got sort of seven or eight as well. So I think with the strikers got the ability to be there. It's just our chance creation needs to be better, which I think we hope to see this season. But undoubtedly, we're going to have you know one of those players not with us this season. So we'll see who we bring in. Um, other than central forward, uh, Tim, who would you else who or where else would you like to see a strengthen? I think on the basis that we haven't, we're not going to have a Kevin Stewart play more than ten games a season. Then I would say it's the it's the option of of, of central midfield, and um, I think um, I think that's probably where I, I would I would see um, a strength in it. I think we also need to think about another right back um, because you don't really want Connolly there. You know, it's not he does a, he does a decent enough job, but. Um, I think that you know um, we we we've also already seen from uh, Gabriel that he, he, you know he, he seems to be. T- Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you are enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support program. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades, and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better, and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return, like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests, exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod to find out more and hopefully sign up. Taking a little bit of a leaf out of um, Kevin Stewart's book, and he seems to spend a lot of the time on the on the sick... On the, on, 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 on the sick um, on the on the sidelines sick and, and injured. So I think we need to look at look at right back as well uh, on the basis that I don't think you're going to get or, 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 or most certainly the stats to date don't suggest that you're going to get 40-odd games out of him either. I, I think actually um, I'm kind of warming to Connolly at right back, but right back in, in this system because obviously he kind of wants the full-backs to come a bit narrow in the, in the build-up and it's not particularly you're going to have a marauding wing-back that's going to be bombing on past everyone all the time. I think actually Connolly suits it quite well in terms of what he wants to do with his fullback. And you saw with Thompson, he's not a marauding wing back himself and he's a different got different attributes. So actually I think it'd be quite interesting to see how Gabriel fits him in all honesty because he's asking more of a fullback role from his fullbacks rather than the marauding wing back that Gabriel was. And you're getting your overlapping from the advanced central midfielders sort of as the wingers come narrow in the in the final third because you saw from the goal against Reading it was virtue that put the cross in from overlapping. So mm. it, it's interesting really to see because it is such an intricate system and it is you're sort of asking different attributes. This squad makeup is completely different to, to what Appleton is going to play. And I think that to an extent we probably underestimated the differences between Neil Critchley and what he wants from a player and what Michael Appleton wants from a player. And I think it kind of proved that Towards the end, Critchley completely gone away from what he'd actually come in and his principles of what we initially thought he was going to do and what he ended up being were completely different. And yeah, I, I really like Connolly at the moment in, in that right back slot. So that'd be interesting. I think, I, just, I mean, just, I, I, just to be clear, Leanne, um, I really <laughs> rate Connolly as well. I think, um, I think, I think that there's, sorry. I think we would rather see him play in, in a position that, well, we've always thought better suits his attributes, but obviously Sean gets me thinking now by uh, in, in relation to the observations he's made. And of course, you know, um, he, he's he's our top goal scorer in the league at the moment, isn't he? So uh, he isn't doing too bad in his, in his right back. So, I, you know, I, I think we've seen the best of him in, in the defensive midfield role, but in this 4-3-3 system, I don't think you want Connolly and Dougal in there anyway. It's one or the other, I suspect. And um, so, you know... Um, it's it's an interesting observation you make, Sean. It's it's sort of like inverting, isn't it? Because the you'd normally have your creative player as the number ten in the advance role and have the two holding. Whereas the way that Appleton seems to want to play is to have his attack, his creative midfielder deeper lying in between the defence and the midfield. So it's kind of less of a defensive responsibility on the six. Hence, why he put Fiorini in there rather than a, a Dougal or a um, or a virtue, I guess. And it's just going to be interesting to see how it goes on going forward. But I mean, to be fair, before the podcast, I was saying I quite fancy seeing Connolly in the eight now. So don't take all of my uh, suggestions to heart. You've just put Connolly in the, as many positions as Christian did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can play everywhere. But the, the fact he's got this knack of arriving in the box, he's, you know, he can, he can sort of what? battle physically and his intelligence in on the pitch. I just think, you know, yeah. where could he not play? Because he's so well balanced. Yeah, I'm desperate to see him in the midfield. To be honest, like I think 
watching the game Saturday, he is very decent. But if you if, if we're seeing the impact he's having at right back, which is not his natural position, uh, silly question to ask: Is centre centre back his natural position, or is he? Have we just seen? Him well, we thought that. In, yeah, at, he was at Fleetwood, that, wasn't he? So. Yeah, when he was growing up at Everton, he was a defensive midfielder. Defensive wasn't he? midfielder, yeah. Like basically it's, prime centre half in a back three for Fleetwood, but yeah, it's clearly well, not. I don't think he's a centre half anymore. No, I would, I, uh, yeah, like you say, less, slightly less defensive responsibility sitting in that midfield role. But like you say, we've we've seen him come to light with being one of our most attacking players. And although his shots didn't come to to any fruition, it's you know it's, it's decent to see that. And I think if he's well tuned in this in this, he'll be quite pivotal. And David's just saying as well, at, yeah, at, um, at Fulham he was great, and we saw that, didn't we, Tim? Um, we thought, well, he's put him in midfield again just to sort of cover the bases. We ain't got anyone there, but actually, he was probably one of our best players at that game. Yeah, and, and well, obviously, it's a slightly different system that we're playing now. But what what I liked about um, the, the the formation at Fulham was that it gave a lot of license for that forward three players. Although, albeit they were doing a bit more of a triangle, weren't they, than um, uh, than the way we play at the moment? Just almost a license just to to stay very high up the pitch and put a lot of pressure on on the defense and what and what what you do see and I think we've seen that this season as well is that when you do when you do stay high up the pitch and and you force errors and, and you know I've seen Jerry in particular force quite a few errors out of out of uh, the teams we've been playing Everton Rangers and and uh, and uh, and Reading um by by hassling at that you know pressing at that top end of the pitch and I like us when we do that, and um, I think we do it a lot better. Again, not not don't want to keep like a broken record. I think we do it a lot better when 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 Medina isn't part of that front three. And and I, as a football fan, I prefer watching uh, a forward three who who are really uh, na- you know sort of gnashing at the heels of um, of, of the defense of, of, of the opposition. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think you know. There's again. There's been a lot of wailing and everything on on social media, but I think we're starting to see the the, the shoots of what could be quite an interesting season. You know, the sort of the green shoots of of, of a system that that's probably going to be quite good to watch. You know, whether whether we'll get. Well, I think we'll get battered a few times playing it, but I don't really mind that as long as we're giving everything to it. And I think it will leave us exposed in a few games, particularly against the the better quality opposition. But you know, it's almost like the holiday, uh, the Holloway mantra, isn't it, that attacks the best form of defence? Yeah, that 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 point that Leanne made is kind of like a, you could see that against Reading. It did work quite well, um, but I, I think I'm generally with with you in terms of it's just about the movement, isn't it? Because you, if you've got say a striker that's moving as fluidly as the the rest of the front four or five, then it's just a different game, isn't it, compared to to what it is with with Medina up top, but. Yeah, I think the important thing is just that, and I think our fans are good at this, really. And I, I don't know what the initial, the general impression is of Appleton at this point in time, to be honest. But it's um, it's about just trusting in it. And if we do get walloped four or five nil, but we're, we're playing four three three and we're going for it, then people should still be behind that, regardless. I think, especially in our standing in the division, because I think we're better off having a scrape by relegation season, but survive playing this way than we are finishing sixteenth. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've been doing exactly what we did last season. I think longer term we benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there was a point last season, which even if we lost one or two nil or one nil um, in a tight game, we just looked absolutely dreadful. So for me, I'd rather lose sort of two nil, three nil. If we're at the, you know, banging on the door and we get unlucky on the counter a couple of times, if you can see the, like you say, the consistency in the way we play. Um, so we've said right back and we've said uh, a centre forward. That's Tim's um, options of strengthening. Uh, if we had one more sign and Sean, where would you like to see a strengthen? 
what were the two? Sorry, the striker. Right back and a centre forward, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want another eight, a quality number eight, um, to be honest. I think that. I, I'm not sure if you fancy any of these midfielders because we seem to go by week upon week and there's a new player that's perhaps dropped out or is not taken. I know he said that Dougal's had a mixed preseason and that's why I didn't play him and he rather prefer Fiorini in there, even though he doesn't want Fiorini to play in the six. So I think a quality number eight and have. I I don't care about physicality midfield because I think if you can ride a challenge and you've got intelligence and movement, then it doesn't matter as much as people make out for me personally. That's just my naive, you know, youth ball four three three. Let's go for it. Balls out approach, but youth ball, <laughs> youth ball. I just think like youth has a new one in it. Just a lot of ten year olds from Arsenal and the City. Yeah, but it's like if you have um, Patino at the base and then you have Fiorini and then a quality sort of more box-to-box style number eight, then a bit like Virtue but less erratic, then I think you probably got a really well-balanced midfield there. Yeah, I think this this segues again nicely into our next section is where the choice of the midfield three um, from us all or, or just a general discussion on it. There's an issue I have in this in this four three three is I don't and, and like you said it's gonna be cutthroat. They are long seasons, so we're gonna chop and change who these midfield threes are. But the likes of Carey, Virtue, Dougal, they're all just potentially not gonna be played at all. Um so I think the fan base, um or the fans in general are gonna take a while getting used to used to who he starts in the lineup, which we're used to seeing with Critchley anyway. But um Sean, if we have sort of um uh, the two uh, that you just said starting in there with with a Dougal. Um, where do you see the likes of Kerry and Virtue fitting in in the latter stages of the game? I, th- I think Virtue is probably a, a good player to have on when you're chasing the game because he's such a good ball carrier. Um, I think Kerry will get his fair shot. I think that at the end of the day, it's a 46 game season, but I think he sort of alternates with with Fiorini in the end. I think we saw on Saturday it's Reading that perhaps he's not someone that's going to affect the game generally as as well as Fiorini probably can in that eight position at the moment and that's fine. And I think that to be honest, look, I got really excited about Sonny Carey in preseason, but if he has twenty games this season, that's great for his development to have twenty championship games in, in that number eight in this system. So we've got to take it very slowly with Carey and that's absolutely fine. And even if he went out on loan in the end, if if we ended up with more players in then uh, I know Tom would cry he'd never be able to he'd just never come to a game again but <laughs> you know you, you've got to remember his age and where he's come from and the experience that he's got and if it takes a year that's probably have a stopgap play replacement in there and then it's a year where he gets to sort of focus on his own development and that might do him the world of good so virtue I'm not too sure about to be honest um like yeah, I say he's a- probably good at times but I, I don't know I'm not entirely sold on him um, Tim, Steve just said, surely bringing in low players goes against the focus of developing your own players. Um, what do you think of that? Uh, don't agree. Um, but my my issue with loan players has always been that if you're going to bring them in, they've got to be fundamentally a level above what you've already got. And when and when you do that, um, a you improve the team, and secondly, they can they can help develop the players that you do have because they see these people in training week in week out. Um, so players like the players like Apta can pick up um, from from um, the, the positives that they see that these players bring. You know, when we had when we had Dewsbury, albeit most of us never really got a chance to see him because of um, or seen much of him as we would have liked to do because of the season we've curtailed. But when we had him in the side and as a whatever he was at the st- that stage, a nineteen-year-old, he he significantly improved our team. When we had Seamus Coleman. Uh, playing right back for us, um, he um, sorry uh, he, he significantly improved our team. When we brought Charlie Adam in at 22, he significantly improved our team. And these are the players we need to be looking for. And you know we might have we may have got one, um, we may have got um, we may have two this season who are going to have a, a significant impact. And that's what we want. And uh, as as a club of um, uh, with 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 the, with the budget that we've got, if we're going to compete in this division, we've got to box clever in relation to who we bring in. And if we and it's interesting, I think the reason Arsenal have placed placed it um, uh, in with us is because they trust Appleton. I think I think Appleton's had players from Arsenal in the past. I think they trust him. They trust him to look after the player and and to and to develop the player. And and we you know that that can be a massive bonus because the frustrating thing I, I found about. Critchley's regime was that we never really seemed to properly exploit the contacts that he had, particularly with Liverpool. If, if anything, he seemed to do better in relation to Everton than he did with Liverpool. And um, 
uh, I, I, I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, or crew, but 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 players from crew aren't going aren't going to be the, the the fairy dust that lights up our season, are they? The fairy dust is going to come from Premier League players, uh, but not just not bit part Premier League players. Their cream, you know, their best young talent. If we can get those and and play them and develop them, then other other clubs are going to want to send those players to us, and that's. And we a we get to see those players play, and secondly, there's there's there's, there's a spin off. There's always a spin off, and that is that they're in there they're in the training ground five days a week with the lads that we've got. That's got to be good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I always found those the, the two the Kirk and Dale deals are still strange to me to this day because essentially what we did was bring them on almost like a trial to the championship to see if they're actually good enough to buy, but. Ultimately, if you scouted a player and they're a player in League One who's got potential, you, you just buy them if you think they're good enough. Because clearly, you, if you just if you're having to loan to buy, then you're not entirely sold on their abilities, which is surely better off going to the Premier League and loaning a player anyway. Um, as we've seen, yeah. it's not worked out with the player that we ended up signing on a cut price anyway. So it says yeah, a lot yeah. about that that approach. It doesn't work particularly well in that regard because. Those, if you are a quality League One player that's got ability and potential, you're going to be snapped up anyway. You're not going to be able to have the ability to go on loan with an option to buy. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, and just to add to the point of, of loans and Steve's comments, is it's not Appleton's squad regardless, is it? So he's going to bring in the players that he wants. It's, you know, it's not his fault that the players that we currently have are there. And and quite frankly, we know they're not good enough. We know Hamilton, Dale, etc. You know, aren't good enough. And he's going to bring in the players that are better than him, like Steve um, Tim said. You know, we we want loans to improve the squad and make us better, and then buy where we you know where we can buy. So, um, yeah, all hell loans. Um, so, Tim, your midfield uh, free um, for Saturday. We're going to do team selections, but it's interesting to see just where we'd like our own individual thoughts on the on the free. I think he's going to leave Conley at right back for Saturday. I don't see him moving in from there. So I'm going. Uh, what am I going? What am I going? Um, I don't think he's going to start the Arsenal lad. I don't think he's going to start him. So I think I'm going to go for uh, Dougal, Carey, and Farini. I think that's who he's going to start with. Whether I want that is, is another matter. But that's I, I was going to say. What, what, would, what would you play if if it was up to you? The problem is we haven't really seen we haven't seen him ever with the Arsenal, so you just don't know. He's, he's the unknown, and I like the unknown. But I think he's probably going to be best coming in the first game, coming off the bench when legs start to tire, and and uh, and then and, and if he does the business and he does the business against uh, a Barrow, then we can start him in in the game against uh, what's the game after that? Um, Swansea isn't Swansea next yeah. week. Um, I think it might be just a step too far just to chuck him in the first game. That's what I'm. And I think if I was if I was managing, would I take that risk first game out away from home against a team who are going to put the foot in? I don't know. I don't know what I'd want to do. I think. Well, I think you, arguably Barrow is going to be worse, isn't it? Like potentially, you know, they they want to win and they're probably going to maybe gun for him anyway. So it's interesting, isn't it? Um, if, so if I'm picking the team that I think's going to start, I think it's the one that I've just uh, or the midfield that's going to start. I think it's the one I've said. I don't. I don't. I think virtual drop out. I don't know where Sean. I know you've said that you think that Appleton seemed to be positive about Dougal after his contribution on Saturday. I mean, he, he came on when we were really pegged back, didn't he? And um, and uh, personally, I think we'd have conceded if we hadn't brought him on. But um, I don't know. I. I, I I just like I just like because I, I I said this on on um, on Monday, Monday night um, when he's on the pitch you know exactly where he is at all times and you know you know what he's going to do and that's what that's what I as as a football fan that's what I like I know he's always going to be there to break play up um, but I know whether he's the long term solution is another matter but I think he'll I think I generally think he'll start and I think he'll he'll play with Farini and I think he'll I think Carey will keep his place and I think Virtue will be the one to drop out. Sure. Yeah, if I'm picking mine, I'm throwing Patino straight in. Those two hours on Y Scout were well spent, I think, and that I don't need to watch any more than that to know that he's uh, the next Messiah. So Patino in the six. Um, I am quite interested to probably ask him tomorrow, to be honest, about where he actually sees him because I know a lot of people fancy him in the eight and he seems to have played most of his regular football in the Arsenal under-23 setup as a, a number six. So it will be interesting to see whereabouts he sees him. Um but I'd play Patino, Fiorini, and, and probably Virtue just for energy. But 
I just don't want to see this Connolly experiment. <laughs> I've got it in my head now that I want Connolly in the eight, but um, I just I just think that virtue. I feel like it's a good balance to have your deep line playmaker. You've got Fiorini that can get onto the edge of the box at the right time, and you've kind of got that guy beside them that can do a bit of both and kind of has that energy to get up and down the pitch. I feel like that's a bit more of a balance than perhaps I think Carey and Fiorini are quite similar in that regard. Um, so I play them free, but I think I'm with you that he probably will start Dougal. Um, we'll come on to this comment from MB in a minute, but I just want to see uh, Patino and Fiorini to start because whenever you listen names like that on a, on a Blackpool team sheet, <laughs> um, we're going to, we're going to sound very, uh, very Italian. That's for sure. But um, we'll come on to talk about this in our, in our team discussions, but I probably would go with, if it, what I what I think he'll do, and I'm probably leaning against. He probably won't throw him in immediately. Is 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 Dougal to come in? I think I, I don't know. I'm starting to think: Do I rate Dougal or not? I think me and Tim have been fond of him for for you know for a very long time, and Tim obviously certainly still rates him quite a lot. But actually, last season he was third for for tackles made. I think or or stop yeah breaking up play. And I think potentially he goes unnoticed a little bit. Um, I think he's just over a hundred times, or he was in the hundred club for that. Or somewhere I saw the stat, and hundred and ten was was top. So I think it's quite vital in terms of, like Tim said, being you know exactly where he is and being able to break up that play. Um, so for that for that reason, I'd probably go Dougal, Farini, and, and Carey if if if, if he's not going to start. So. Well, I think he's got, yeah, he's got to be there. I don't think it works Saturday, and I think we got caught, and with better quality, we'd lost that game personally. I'm not being pessimistic, and I know Appleton systems coming in, but I think we'd lost that game with better opposition. So therefore, I'd bring Dougal in. Um, so yeah, um, team selections. Um, should we do it as a as a as an agreement? Um, yeah, we'll do it as a collective. Um, let me just share my screen if I can get it up. Uh, Yep, sorry, two seconds. We'll be sat here all day as I just say Patino in the six for about <laughs> 20 minutes. If we're picking the team we want to see, you'll probably, yeah, I think yeah. we'll all pick him to start. Yeah. Maybe we can... Uh... Can you all see that? No, no, no not yet. Mm-hmm. That's concerning. concern. It says it's on StreamYard. Still not? Oh, hold on. I know why. See it now? Yeah, we can. Lovely stuff. Um, so this is uh, the obviously lineup picker, um, kindly made by John Aspinall. Um, the four-three-three is probably not in the shape that Sean would want to see it, but the principles are there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we start with the goalkeeper, Tim. I'll give you first choice, um, as if it's a difficult one. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. It's probably the 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 biggest shoe in for the start that you're going to get all season, and that's Grimmy. Absolutely. Oh, even goes green. Look at that. Unbelievable. Um, who are we going to have at left back? Sean? Garby Thompson. Obviously, Garbett's out anyway, only for four weeks or so for about the I mean, would you time. pick Garbett, Garbett anyway? No, I would not. No, I would not. <laughs> um, I thought Thompson was a lot more attacking. Um as they watching the game back a couple of times, I think he found himself in the box quite a lot. So that's that's really interesting. And Yates dropped back when he wanted him to attack. So I think that's another element to Appleton's game, which could be really interesting to see the full, like the left and right back attack. Um, and he kept in constant communication, saying, "Can I go forward if, if you sit back?" And that was really interesting to see as well. There's just no real positions in this system. It's all just yeah. people just going where, in random rotations forever. No one actually yeah. has a someone that can mark. If if a team comes up against us and tries to man mark, they're in for a hiding onto nothing. I, yeah. I, I honestly think he he had a great debut on on yeah, Saturday. It was amazing. And, he was, he was uh, very good. I'm, I'm thinking back, and it's one of the best debuts I can think for quite a long time. So uh, really, really it just, impressed. With it just him. it felt like he was playing, or he's been a part of this squad for a very long time, didn't he? And he didn't look out of place at all. So mm. interesting to see how he gets on in the future as well. So. Centre-back pairing, um, do you think he'll keep it the same or would you like to see it kept the same or would you like to see Williams um, be replaced by someone else? Um, Keogh should be fit, I think he said so. Um, but I, I still think I'd stick with Williams because I think ultimately he's probably going to be the, the first choice. So you want to give him a consistent run of games to bed himself in, don't you? Even if perhaps there's little question marks over his game at the moment, it's probably worth keeping that consistency because ultimately we do need to phase Keogh out this season as difficult a sentence that was for me to say. 
Yeah, I think Keo's not 50-50 as such. I don't think he get an update tomorrow, but he's still potentially got not a full fitness. So I don't think it will change that. I don't know if you disagree, Tim. Uh, if he's not fully fit, I don't see him changing it. Um, I think it becomes a, a different discussion if Keo's fully fit uh, as to... Um, the slight concern is, I think, I think, I think the Kyo Pateta partnership is a really, really good one. And are you compromising the the spine of the team um, when you don't go with the best pairing? Um, but I think Williams played a lot better on Saturday. He concerned me a bit against Everton. Um, I don't know whether he um, he was just a bit nervous, but he looks like Bambi on ice. But he looked, he looks a lot better, I thought, on Saturday. Um, no shout for Fauna Lee coming in instead of Williams or at all? No. I'd like Thornley, to be honest, now he's grown on me, but no. <laughs> I just think that it's kind of like, we just need to keep that consistency, don't we, with the partnership that we're going to use for the as much as we can, at least. Yeah. Um, and Sean, very much doubt that Gabriel will be back for Saturday, so Connolly to slot in. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he says about Gabriel, to be honest, because it does seem like he's made a miraculous recovery compared to what he was initially expecting so um we'll see but i think Connolly keeps his place anyway just because he had such a good performance i don't see why you'd you'd drop him out um but even then if you you're just better phasing gabriel in for the cup game aren't you yeah the midfield three we've got an agree on this one so um uh, i will start with you tim um because i'll probably know the first name in this three yeah super kenny dougal's in there so i'll um Hundred percent captain, um, not literally captain. You know, you know what I mean. He's. I, I would. I would just uh, at the moment, unless um, Stuart's fit, I, I play him every week. Me, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> do you agree with Dougal? Well, you're going to be outvoted anyway because I'm, I'm putting him. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Patino in the six. Um, but if we could agree on playing him in the eight, then I'll uh, I'll concede to give it a majority vote for. Uh, Dougal in the holy uh, no. Dougal's that good, mate. He'll play anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> are we going to put Dougal in the eight? Is it? Yeah. No, we'll be in the in the six, won't he? If he plays, he'll be in yeah, the he central role. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you get next shout, um, young Sean. Um, Charlie Patino. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I agree, I, agree, I agree, to be fair. Uh, I, think, I think if you, if you, Get a, assuming he's match fit, which I can't think he won't be as an 18-year-old, um, and, and he's as good as the suggesting he is, why would you not play him? But yeah, I, 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 sorry, I, I know that, um, I think Scrafton said that Rio Ferdinand's one for Hyperball in his, his tweet for his article. I think I, I get that, but he does have this initial impression of a Dewsbury Hall, of a Joe Hart, of one of these players that you'll follow the career of going forward just because of how highly rated they are and how high this guy's ceiling is. We yes. shouldn't have him. For how high his, his ceiling is and for how highly Arteta rates him at Arsenal, realistically, we shouldn't have him at Blackburn. The scout who brought him to Arsenal, didn't he say that he's the best he's ever, the best he's ever, he's seen. ever seen? Yeah, and, through and, and, and he, he amongst other... I know I know his, his career tailed off as he got older, but amongst other players he brought was was Wiltshire. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's the best he's ever brought. I just, I, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am too. It's great, isn't it? He's like half uh, Spanish in he as well. And it's just like... Yeah. We've oh, he says his idol was in Iniesta. In Iniesta. Yeah. If, if he can even... We can have a samba, ba- we can have a samba band on the north. And, uh, with, all oh, these, with all these... Spanish style names. In an alternate there. universe, we would have had some like 23-year-old from crew in this position instead. <laughs> well, to be fortunate, eh? Right. Um, I will add... Fiorini to to the mix because that midfield has got the potential to be something very special. Um, does can the we, can we pre- change Dougal's name to Last Hell for an I or something? And then <laughs> I, feel, I feel a bit sorry for me. He's a bit left <laughs> out without his yeah. uh, Italian, uh, so with his Latin <laughs> heritage. So uh, it's a good mixture of uh, of heritages there, anyway, isn't it? So, yeah. um, all right. Well, I'm going to start with you, Sean. Who's going to go in the central striker position? Well, who's going to is probably Medine, but who I'd pick is is Jerry Yates. Um, that's mainly because I'd quite like to see Corbinu on the left, but um, I think Jerry Yates is the the one that makes this all a bit more fluid. And I think we've got we've got a real chance to play a really aggressive front three 
with lots of legs to just put pressure on that back line of Stoke because they are terrible on the ball. And we saw that in that game last season. And it's not particularly yeah. changed in terms of the makeup of that back line, in terms of the attributes of the players. We we can do the exact same again. Stoke are under pressure. Michael O'Neill's under pressure. If we get right at in the first 20 minutes, anything could happen. I, I think I think you're spot on. I think if we don't give them the opportunity to play to their strengths and we just play our game, I think... And I'm not I'm not calling us AC Milan despite the names within our team sheet, but um, it I don't you know and I know we're one of you know favourites relegation, but I think if we bring in the right players over time, the system sorts out the fact that we could potentially better next season with with the quality providing the players sort of play to the system. And I think if we keep the ball, we get in behind with the likes of Josh Bowler and and potentially Yates sort of disrupting that defence. Aidan Flint's not going to have a good time at all. Um, we let Cardiff boss us last season and he looked like, you know, he looked like a, a better striker than what we had on the pitch. So I think we just need to play our game and I think we'll be absolutely fine, even if we do draw you know, draw or lose. But if we play the game and we, we get at them, I think the fans are going to see exactly what the, you know, the system is going to become. I think as well, it's, you know, when you are a team that's that's lower down the table and perhaps you haven't got the quality at disposal as much as, as other teams, I always think you're better playing an aggressive attacking style anyway. I feel like you get found out if you try and hold off defensively or try to play cautiously because your players aren't able to hold on for 90 minutes. Whereas if you're going at a team, you can nick the odd goal and it grows yeah. over time. You're building something there to become a more quality outfit. I just think it's a waste of time playing cautiously. So why not go for it like we are doing now? Don't you think as well? We with Yates in that in that in the in the pivotal role up front. I always think he brings the best out of Bowler. I think I think the interchange that you get between Yates and Bowler well, is is infinitely better than you get with any other uh, central striker. And that's quite simply because I think Yates is um, he might not be that that intelligent otherwise, but I think he's quite an intelligent footballer in relation to the way he doesn't he doesn't present himself particularly intelligent. Bloke. I think on a football pitch, I think he plays quite intelligently. Um, and um, uh, and and I, and I noticed it on even when he came on, on on Saturday that there was a couple of interchanges with Bowler, which um, you know didn't necessarily come off, but you could see what they were trying to do. And I think you know if you go back to like QPR last year, I think when was it Bowler's goal at QPR? It was if I remember if my memory serves me right. Um, it was a classic example of an interchange between the two of them, and I think well, it, was, it was this fixture exactly. And um, we won one nil. We flicked it into him, didn't he? One two'd it, and yeah, Bowler slams at home. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, exactly. I, I should I should remember because I was on front row at Stoke yeah. to watch it. Um, yeah. But there was plenty of examples of that, and I think I think that's a, um, in some respects a partnership that we should be nurturing and um, uh, and, and and for the next twenty eight days. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe for another twenty-eight days. But it's, it's, it's good to watch. It's good to watch, and um, yeah. and it's also quite effective as well. And um, no team wants the energy of Yates and the skill of Bowler. That's you're absolutely spot on. And the mesmerising yeah. runs of Theo Corbyn on the left hand side, who we're going to put in there as well. Don't forget that. Uh, by all accounts, gonna... by all accounts, Stoke have one good centre half, which is Connor Taylor, the young lad that's come back from Bristol Rovers, who they actually quite rate, and he's on that side. So having as much energy on the left-hand side as we would with... I mean, who else are you going to put in the left-hand side anyway if, if Yates is playing central? But just pure... The amount of energy in that front three if we play Corwin, it would be very, very fun to watch. Well, I would have put him in. It was it was my choice if it came to me, so... Corbin, you... Yeah, yeah, he looked. He looked. I don't think I've seen a worse debut in my life. It was for the ten minutes he put in, but he's clearly that was clearly just look. At the end of the day, he was given a role in the number ten to just we pump the ball towards him, and then he'd just try and like just run in a straight line. But, to be fair, he could have had the worst we'll debut on a goal if Bowler's pass was, was better, <laughs> yeah. um, or you know, or if he'd mistimed his run, whatever you want to call it. But it was a good opportunity nonetheless, and even if it is a poor performance, you can see we created space straight away when he came yeah, on. 100%. So. Um, despite him looking a bit like a headless chicken, like you could already see that we, we created an opportunity to score a second within about three minutes. So, um, and that's quite good to see considering, you know, he's just come on. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree. And even if I did, you outvote me two to one anyway. So, go straight in. And I like that. I, I do like it's that. It's bloody that's, fun, um, isn't it? This, like, that's, if, you, that's... Like, if you think about that, where we would be perhaps in a different universe with a 4 4 2, and we've got Medine and we're. We're deciding whether to play Lavery or Yates. And now we've just got lots of young players who are just have creative freedom to just go forward and do whatever they like in that front five in particular. It's it's just great. It's just fun. It's exactly what we thought we were getting two years ago. Do you, do you know what as well? And looks at that team and it just made me smile. 
Um, oh, mate, I, I literally, I was just yeah. like, just looking at those names, Corbin, <laughs> you, Patino. We got, we, we have got a, a corker of a comment by David as well. Is it Ducatino? Ducatini. That's what we need. Um, we, need to, we need to change that uh, on the uh, on the on the um, on 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 the software so that when when he comes up in the team for the next game, he, he comes up like that. It's John, just, get on it. You know you want to. It's just, it's just such a shame that um, Medine decided to fall on Keshi and uh, put him out for two months because <laughs> obviously he would have been a shoe in at a left wing. So, yeah. um, just a point on that. Did you see the Tangerine TV the um, the the four minutes afterwards? You know when they quickly catch up with all the players. If you no, haven't watched yeah, it, please yeah, yeah, go and watch yeah. it because um, whoever whoever does the um, media, whoever's doing it on that day, walks into Keshi and he just, and I mean, he stares him out. Why they left it in there, I do not know. But Keshi just stares down the camera like he's going to punch him in the face. If you haven't seen it, Tim, watch it. It's the catch-up after the game. And I think it's about halfway through. He walks out and Keshi's coming to the change room. He just literally like stares him like, get out of my face. <laughs> it was quite, uh, he must have been really annoyed, obviously, and frustrated. But it's another one of those injured players that regardless of how it happens, just seems to be out for very long periods of time. So mm. it's interesting to see what happens with those players in the future. So um, I think that is it. Other than predictions, apologies, I haven't spoke. Uh, I didn't read the comments out um, during the game. I was sharing my screen, so I couldn't see them. So I think we've got a lot of agreements with the team. Um and we only need to see one comment anyway, because you know that's our team. Is that team so far looks mustard? <laughs> um, so uh, we'll finish with our score predictions, um, and I will take the. I'm going to go over two one win, um, especially with that team potentially even five nil. Um, no, I'll go over two one. I think it will be potentially like quite edgy if they if they set up you know to frustrate us, but um, it'd be really interesting to see how we cope in a three five two, and it can go one way or the other. I can see losing three nil if we're not at it, but I'm going to put my optimism mystic head on and say 2-1 with a Yates and Fiorini goal. There we go. Let's be precise. Tim? Um, I'm going to go for 2-0. I'm going to be confident. So I'm uh, I'm I'm probably going to go for a Yates. A Yates. Uh, oh, who else is going to score? Who else is going to score? I think Bowler might chip in with one. And just before I finish my uh, bit, I, I'm going to say, um, just because Leanne's been having a few digs on the side, um, is anybody else starting to think that she's she's going to be the Kevin Stewart of the podcast? Because... <laughs> oh dear! The, the, the number of times that she's she's been named on the team sheet and then had to withdraw. I'm, I'm. Uh, I think we may have to christen her, uh, uh, Kevin. Oh dear. <laughs> I oh, think yeah, Monday, well, Monday, will get, be quite, Monday's Mon- gonna be quite fiery. Monday, like, Monday should be fiery, shouldn't it? Fingers crossed, we win, and you can just we'll just leave the pod to YouTube for the for the, for the hour we're on. But um, uh, Sean, your prediction? Let's go three one a. Let's let's say that for last year, all of the missed chances from CJ Hamilton will be bagged by someone that actually knows where the goal is. Um, so let's say three one. Let's have a, a Jerry Yates goal. Let's have. A Josh Bowler goal. Just, just quickly, show this is. Yes, here we go. So about Andrea Orlandi. Yeah, fan club. I would say. Here we go. Boy, fan club for yeah. Orlandi. Who's got the Google Translator? No, it's me. I think it's fan club for uh, Orlandi um, in Barcelona. There we go. This is what we're attracting now because Appleton's. Sexy European. This is, mate, this is mental. It's great. Like and subscribe. Analysis, tactical football, please. Um, and we uh, we can look forward to seeing you in the in future pods. Some um, name John we'll Asp. Some guy is just predicted yeah. one one. Um, and Charlie Scary Avatar with the third as well. Charlie Patino with the third, of course. Um, but I just think if we get out this lot, and show intent, and we just go for it like Appleton really wants to do, then we could be in for a fun day. And if we do lose, then Appleton out. No, I'm joking. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, sure, I just think we're a, really uh, onto something here. We're just really. Um, I just. I keep saying it. I keep doing this. Like, pray all praise Appleton. But I, I just think he knows this exactly Wim- what he's doing. Wimbledon, he's great. This is like Wimbledon all over again. It is, it five is like <laughs> but it's just exactly what we wanted. It's exactly what we wanted. It's all we've been Not, asking for, and you've got it. Well, it is. We've got 28 days, um, and I think we need a couple of permanents just to just to solidify the squad a little bit more. Whether with what positions I think Appleton knows exactly what he wants. And I think that the fact he didn't play the players like Yates, um, players like Hamilton and Dale just shows exactly that he's going to look to recruit in those places eventually or play Yates there and just 
fob them off on loan or permanent deals. And I think he'll grow this squad very quickly and not reactively like his predecessor. So I think there's good times to come, even if it's a mid-table finish or slightly higher, um, then I think it's going to be really interesting. But roll on roll on Saturday um, and up the pool. Up the pool. Up the pool. So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter program that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod, you'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month, price of a pint, and for that you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts competitions so we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.